ever inflicted on the human race. Memory, it's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. Hi, Ramsey. I'm Heather. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. You know, just living this Saturday. I don't know. It's gross out. Other than that, it's fine. I have still some Shiner Holiday cheer I'm drinking, so I'm still thrilled about that. Um, (laughs) The winter spirit lives on. It's true. Despite the rain. Ugh, I know. Um, well, we have a guest today. I'm excited for that. Um, today we have Luke O'Neill, author of the newsletter Welcome to Hell World and his new book, uh, Lockdown in Hell World. Hi, Luke. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're getting pummeled with snow here in Massachusetts, so it's been uh, a little bit stressful of a day, but uh, you know, the snow snow's kind of pretty right now. We haven't had any snow yet, I don't think. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. I don't yeah. want to get pummeled, but I, I do want to make a snow angel or something. <laughs> right, like a couple inches is fine. I just hope it doesn't go crazy. I don't love it. Um, well, welcome, and thank you for doing this. Um, so do you want to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? Sure. Uh, the The album that I chose for us to listen to is a real upbeat, happy one. It's... Uh, <laughs> Either or by Elliot Smith is a 1997 album, kind of the one that sort of is breakthrough, I suppose you could call it. I love it. Yeah, uh, one of my favorites. So, Ramsey, I know that you are familiar with Elliot Smith. What is your? I think we've even maybe talked about this, but I have the memory of a goldfish. What yeah. is your uh, experience POV? Uh, I, I don't. I have forgot words. Tell me what you know about Elliot Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this just came up on our Kevin Devine. Oh yeah, okay. Episode. Uh, I was introduced to Elliot Smith through the Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. which is maybe the most twee way to learn uh-huh. about Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and from there, I kind of I did branch out. I think I've heard most of his stuff now at this point um i haven't listened regularly in a long time but like that was one of the first artists that was like kind of cool and not like top 40 that i got into um but i don't think i ever owned a full album i think i've only just like grabbed stuff from kazaa at the time or whatever i was using um go ahead when so i mean i am assuming obviously you like him. So Luke, how did you get into Elliot Smith initially? I think, um, I mean, I was super into uh, indie rock by this point when it came out, I was in college at the time in the late nineties. And I think I, I, you know, I was was like a, you know, college radio DJ, very fancy uh, thing to be. (laughs) And I, remember, I think I remember getting this album and the, and the, the first uh, one of the first songs was the single was the Ballad mm-hmm. of Big Nothing, I think. And it wasn't too long uh, after that till I did till I became sort of obsessed with him and, and got a chance to see him a bunch of times back then before he you know sadly passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've always been sort of like a, a music obsessive uh, type yeah. of guy and and um you know, I think mo- a lot of people probably know me more as like a political writer now, but for like most of my early career, I was a, like a music journalist. And, and so that's sort of, uh, 
you know, uh, really paying attention to this kind of thing has, has been with me for, for most of my life. Is this your favorite Elliot Smith album or just your intro? Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably my favorite. And also I think it's, it's maybe his most important one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the one that, came after that figure uh, figure eight was great and i mean sorry xo came out after that and then figure eight and um you know the two before it uh were were really good uh the self-titles 1995 one was awesome uh i think that's the one where um the uh royal tenenbaum song is on needle (laughs) in the hay (laughs) i do uh i kind of overuse this joke like whenever on twitter whenever somebody is you know, it posted something absolutely ridiculously stupid that make, makes you want to die. I posted sure. the, the, the screenshot of uh, what's his name shaving his face, and it kind of gets the point across. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, this is this is top to bottom uh, the, the one that I think is is most perfect. I love it. I like. I feel like I'm trying. I don't remember my initial introduction, but it might have been. Um, Oh God! It just went out of my brain. What other soundtrack has Elliot Smith on it? Oh well, glad you asked because it's uh, a couple, three of the songs from this album are on in Goodwill Hunting. That's, yes, yes. It, I was like picturing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but could not call yeah. the movie name. Yeah. So Heather, he's in Massachusetts. How could you? Do <laughs> this? So I know. As I'm a, sorry. It was a very, very big deal for me at the time <laughs> as a Boston guy. That uh, and and when he and so the. I think he, he and Ellie got nominated for an Oscar for Miss Misery, yeah. which was like the main song. That wasn't on this album, but it was sort of around the same time. But I mean, I remember that. I don't know if you guys remember. You probably didn't burn in your memory as much if you weren't like a super fan, like I was at the mm-hmm. time. But like watching him there and and like this little sad little white suit, and he seemed so yes. nervous, and he was on the Oscars, and it was just like so so much the opposite of what you expect out of like a musical number at the Oscars, you know? Right. And it's just like him and his, uh, maybe there was, maybe they had an orchestra orchestra coming too, but uh, it was just him standing there with his guitar. Oh, I'm, I kind of like, I want to cry thinking about it right now. I'm such a baby <laughs> when it comes to, to Elliot Smith. And in fact, uh, like notable things in my life, well, two, there's two things. Uh, the first time I ever cried at a concert was Elliot Smith. And it was that same, that song Ballad of Big Nothing I was talking about. Yeah. And um, a bunch of my friends and I went to, um, um, went to, sorry about that. Went it's to, con- I went to a concert in, in Providence, uh, which is where we used to go, where I used to see most of my shows when I was growing up. Cause there was a lot of cool clubs and, in Providence at the time, and uh, I remember him playing that, and I cried. And I was like, I never really, never realized before that you were like, could like cry at a rock show, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it. Oh, it has, does. It has like it has. To, <laughs> I'm a big emo to baby happen. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it has to happen for the first time, I suppose, and uh, sure. you know, and it doesn't really happen as much anymore now that I've you know been to thousands and thousands of shows, but like every now and again, it'll still happen, and it's like. Oh my God, that's what, you know, it's, it's like the same feeling. I have like been consistently thinking about go, like the first time I can go back to a show or go back to a bar mm-hmm. with a touch tunes jukebox, like You're after right. quarantine. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I might just cry walking into a club after. COVID. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm just going to be so overwhelmed. Cause like, I mean, uh, pre COVID I was probably at shows at least two nights a week. So like that's yeah, my sure. entire social life. So 
I'm definitely gonna cry the first time I like go back into Webster Hall or something. But I'm gonna I'm gonna cry if it's like a a bar band doing like shitty modern rock covers, like yeah. you know, uh, on a in some touristy you know <laughs> shithole bar. I would be the most moving musical experience of my life. I did go to um, I went to Maine over the summer when like numbers weren't as bad and stuff. And I did, I was like out on a pier and there was like a bar band playing and I was just like, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so excited about it. Um, but yeah, so I, um, go ahead. Sorry, Ramsey. Well, I say, uh, I'm going back a step, but I mm-hmm. just wanted to get this while it was close. Uh, I Googled it, uh, that Elliot lost to um, the Titanic song. That's oh wow! Well, that's that's I mean, a real tough one to be up against. That was a tough one to beat, I suppose. And and you know that, as far as as movie songs go, that one definitely uh, I'd say had a little bit of a bigger impact on the world. <laughs> I do. I feel like are there movie songs that are as big as like "My Heart Will Go On." Was like that's I feel like that's be... not a thing anymore, right? Uh, what was the the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga one? Is the oh one yeah, that one oh, yeah. <clears throat> you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, I take it back. The other one I was thinking of is the Justin Timberlake song from the Trolls movie because my nieces <laughs> really love that one. <laughs> yeah, that was big. Well, since know. we're since we're talking like musical history stuff here, the weirdest part about that Lady Gaga uh, whole thing was that the the guy who she wrote it with was like an yeah. old buddy, an old buddy who who He's used Boston to. Guy, right? Yeah, we yeah. used to sh- we just share a practice space when we were oh, in wow. our shitty, you know, uh, you know, bands in our early twenties, and then he went on to uh, write win Oscars with Lady Gaga, and I went on <laughs> to uh, you know do whatever this is, not quite <laughs> as glamorous. Yeah, I do. I do remember like a, a, a couple of my other friends also, obviously from New England, got very excited about that when that happened when they right, you know, right. won the awards and stuff. But no, well, but then mostly I was just like, oh, he thinks he's better than me now. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. So I like I whatever. I got into it around Goodwill Hunting, but then I kind of I, we were talking about this a little bit over email. I'm like a very passive Elliot Smith fan. Like I like songs. I know who he is. I've listened to all his albums, but like I never like super dove in, but I did. um, Last year I quit my job that I'd been at like eight years and I really like loved working there and I didn't want to quit, but like the new ownership was fucking terrible. And I was like, I hate these people. So I quit my job that I'd been at like eight years, left all my friends and was unemployed for two weeks before I started my current job. And I literally would just, walk around listening to Elliot Smith for two weeks straight, just oh, reading wow. and drinking in bars alone. And I was just yeah. like, I was like really having a time apparently. <laughs> well, that's, pretty, like, okay. that's pretty meta because a bunch of these songs I think are about just walking around and drinking in bars alone. So you kind yeah. of, you got the right I soundtrack. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's, it's quite all right now. Um, should we get into this? Sure. Yeah. Uh, show me the album art. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it before, but I don't yes. remember which one it is. Sorry. I just texted it to you. I texted you two versions because when I'm trying to find nineties album art, it's like never quite right. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll get the gist from the two. I just texted you. <laughs> I 100. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. So it's I did. Um, speaking of his album covers, I just did a piece in the newsletter, uh, with uh with the woman who took the, the the photo from the previous album to this and she did a you know some of the some of the other like big photos of Elliot. she used to be a friend back in the day a woman named jj gonson and um i interviewed her for for hell world 
and it was in part because she there's like a um a 25th anniversary uh mm. reissue of of the self-titled album just came out from kill rock mm. stars got it and they put out like a photo book of hers so we talked about that but also like she runs the club speaking of clubs this place called once in somerville this mm-hmm. woman who, who used to take the photos and still does. Uh, but they sadly just had to say, fuck it, we can't do it uh, because of the, you know, the, they, they made it this far, you know, not being able to yeah. do shows and, and right. they're, they're closed down. It's a big bummer. So not going to be that many independent venues left when, when this is all said and done, I don't think. I know my, I mean, I think yours too, Ramsey, but like my college venue is like on the verge of closing and I'm like very deeply depressed about this as well. And great times. Uh, (laughs) We're doing, we're doing great as a country. Uh, This is the perfect setup to listen to Elliot Smith. I think. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. It's fine. I'm already drinking in the middle of the day anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) But I, Whatever, I did my workout, so now I'm allowed to have a beer for the rest of the night. Nice okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into this. This is a short album. I don't think yeah. I realized how short this was. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can stay that sad for too long, but... <laughs> it is... Uh, so, I'm... What year this came out? This came out in 97. So I was in seventh grade. But so like, I don't really know what other indie sounded like at this time. But I, I don't know other indie, like other music that sounds like Elliot Smith. Like I just, I feel it sounds so distinct to me. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't really much. I mean, like maybe since then, a lot of bands have been Mm -hmm. influenced by them. You know, I feel like, like. Phoebe Bridgers type of bands that are yeah. right now kind of have a, a lot of Elliot Smith in them. Um, maybe Bright Eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I, I mean, at the time I was listening to this, there was, there was a lot of Built to Spill. Uh, oh, right. Were, um, not that they, they were kind of the opposite, though, in that there were these giant guitar riffs and, um, and, and a little bit bigger than Elliot Smith uh, in their sound. Um, but I think like when we heard it at the time, you could just tell that there was something special about it. And it's just like this song right here. And I, I actually can't really hear it, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter too much, but um, <laughs> I can turn it up a little. <laughs> yeah. It's just so spare and quiet. Yeah. And like, I was listening earlier today to like, you know, refresh my memory, uh, even though I probably just listened to it the other day, but, um, <laughs> The weird part about this is it's like there's drums in the in a lot of these songs, but there's like almost no cymbals. And it was like dawned on me. Like yeah. There's some in there, but they're can... really low down. Um, so it, it, I don't know why like that never occurred to me. There's like, uh, it really made it sort of stand out for me. It's not often that you hear, you know, drums with no cymbals, even though there's a tiny bit. It's also yeah, it's, a very odd drum tone. Like it yeah. doesn't, it's not just like hitting a snare drum right now. It's very, I can't tell what it is. I don't know it, anything it about drums. It sounds like just hitting a bunch of empty suitcases. It really <laughs> does. No, it really does. It's not, and it, it sounded, I, was, I don't remember if it was this song that I was thinking that or maybe one of the next few coming up, but it, it, it sounds like you just, you know, 
it, let's say you're a guitar player and, and you don't have a full drum kit, you just, you、mm-hmm. know, smack on like you, like I do this all the time. Like I'll smack on something and it's like, oh, that's a that's got a nice like resonant sound <laughs>、yeah. to it. Like you know, I'll find where you can hit it to make the kick drum, where you can hit it to make the snare, and、um, because I'm a, really a dork.、Um, <laughs> But he was, you know, pretty. Uh, obviously, he, he could play everything, and he, he, I think he, you know, became a great drummer later on too. But、um, <clears throat> yeah, here's that's a nice sound right there. Yeah, is did he mostly write all of the parts by himself? Do you know or? Yeah, I believe I believe this was all、right. him. He had just he had been in a band before, a band called Heat Miser,、right. who were who were pretty good. Um, but I think like, and they were a little bit louder and more punky.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but、um, I think like all of the stuff about how this album and the lyrics are all about sort of turning inward and, and being solo, you know, going solo and being in your own headspace and stuff like that. I think he kind of recorded it that way too, unless I'm mistaken. Oh, the credits do say. Written and performed by only、mm. him. It doesn't have anyone else listed. Yeah, yeah. So that'll that's probably it. I associate him with California. Is that where he's from originally as well?、Uh, no, I think, was, I think the Pacific Northwest. But like, okay. But I'm pretty sure he spent a bunch of time in LA, and he's got a couple songs that reference LA pretty heavily. Like there's one in here called Angelus. Later、mm. on, I think that's about.、Um, Los Angeles. Yeah, I I just know this because it, it's by where one of my friends lived. But yeah, he lived in、uh, Echo Park in LA. I think that's where he died. Right.、Um, but this is a very、uh, nerdy specific thing. Walt like Walt Disney built these houses for their storyboard artists. I think it was on Snow White. And they built these houses for the storyboard artists to live in. Also, this is a nerd about architecture, not Disney. I want to clarify that I am not a <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah. Let me just—that's、uh-huh. <laughs> a specific person, and I am not that.、Um, but they built these houses for the storyboard artists to live in, and they kind of look like something that would be in a Disney movie. And he lived in one of those weird-ass like Disney houses. Oh wow! Yeah. Is that I saw? It, well, there's the famous mural that used to be out there. I don't know where it was. I'm like not a big LA guy.、Yeah. <clears throat> um, Is that the figure eight one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm、That's、not sure still, where it was.、Uh, I I know where it is, but I I think it's like I I'm not I go to LA for work. I don't like know the neighborhoods very super well, but um, it's still there. But it's like part of it is still there. There's like a they like moved the wall somehow or something. It's still sort of there. Yeah, I I think last I saw and I could be remembering this wrong. Is it like some bar opened、yeah. in the building and they like. I don't know. People were mad about it, but、yes. uh, people are mad about、hmm. everything, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but this one's nice. What's your?、Um, do you have a favorite on this album, or? I mean, it'd、hard? be really hard to pick. I mean, probably track three, the ballad of Big Nothing,、mm-hmm. the one I mentioned. But like, it changes every time. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And then, the, like the reason why I love this is like you know those albums where you've been listening to it for a while, and then、yeah. a song comes up, and you're like, oh my god, we still have this one. And then you're listening, like, oh, this one too. Like, so whenever I listen to this one, it's like that's what it's like for me. Like, it's like not just like front loaded. It's like all the best songs are. I mean, I don't think there's a bad one, but、um, yeah, 
I mean, I'm looking at the track listing and Say Yes might be my favorite song. And that's the last song. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that one's really romantic. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. one I remember now. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. And this one has, I think, kind of a more traditional uh, arrangement, like a more of a band feel. What, um, you, so you said you've seen, you were able to like see him perform, right? Yeah, yeah, probably like four or five times. Um, Very jealous. What were his performances like? Because I could imagine them being super sparse, but obviously, like some of these songs are obviously bigger than that as well. Like, well, I think the time when I saw him the most was when he had had. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, his bandmate from Heat Miser, I think it's Sam was his name, and then um, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Janet, who, uh, so yeah, so the guy who was in Heat Miser, Sam, and I just have to look up to remember, uh, and Janet uh, were in a band called Quasi, and they, okay. used to op- they used to open for him, and then they were would stay on and be his backing band. So it was- oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then she, you know, went on to be in Slater Kenny's, so she's been like in everything that's cool. Um, but uh, there were lots of like, I think he was kind of became pretty spotty later on, you know, where he kind of fell apart at shows and, and couldn't remember parts and right. And I never, never saw a show like that, so it's kind of kind of glad I never saw that side of them. Um, yeah. The one, the one, one other, one time I saw them with that that trio that I that I mentioned. It was actually out in Los Angeles. I think it was the first time I ever went there, and it was also like the first time I ever. And I, I'd written about this uh, in in the newsletter for some reason. Mm-hmm. I actually end up writing about Elliot Smith a lot in Hellworld, um, but um, it was the first time like I ever bumped into a musician that I loved at like a bar. Yeah, went up and uh, talked to him, and as you can probably imagine, like Elliot Smith wasn't really the type of guy that he wanted random Mm -hmm. bros coming up and saying, "Yeah, (laughs) and you know, (laughs) I I felt bad. I like, but I I often I got the joke that I I bummed out Elliot Smith, and and (laughs) probably not that hard to do, but you know. This is a weird follow-up, but did he talk on stage at all, or was it just song, yeah, song, song? yeah, he was super, but he was super, super quiet, unassuming voice, like almost bashful, you know, all the time. Um, and his, I guess, his speaking voice was kind of isn't too different from his singing voice, but, um, but yeah, it, it, I don't, I don't remember any of the type of. I mean, sure. like 20, twenty yeah. years ago by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I barely, uh, I barely remember. I think I'm really stretching the bounds of my memory here. <laughs> That's funny. I'm on Wikipedia, and there's a picture on his Wikipedia page of him at Brownies in Manhattan, which oh, yeah. turned into Hi-Fi, um, which is a spot I, I think it's closed. I think it actually closed before COVID, which is extra sad. But I, I, <laughs> I was at a show there and I also had like a weird, like running into a musician story where it was just a incredibly weird night where we were like, I think it had been maybe it had been a Kevin Devine show. And then I was staying there after the show with like a bunch of friends 
And then like later in the night, like all the TVs came on in the bar and like everyone was watching the TVs with sound on. And it was so, I was so confused what was happening and everyone was watching the musical performance on Letterman. And I had no idea who it was. I was like, who is this person? And I look over and realize that the person who is performing on Letterman is standing next to me. Uh And it was Father John Misty. And I was so confused. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Because they they recorded earlier in the day. Yeah. He was wearing the same suit. And I was like, oh, it's. You. Okay, I got it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I used to love brownies, um, you know, in the late 90s. Like, I lived in New York for a while uh, around then and right before it closed. And I used to, like, you know, when you do like your bands that you saw, you know, yeah. before or whatever, like, <clears throat> one of the ones I used to always say was I saw Muse at Brownies. And, uh, oh my God! I know. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like for as large of a sound that that band ultimately went with, like I feel like it wouldn't fit in that space. <laughs> like, no, and like small. this was on their their first record, I think Showbiz, I think it was Crazy. called. Um, and then they, I, I was joking about this on Twitter not too long ago, but like, I feel like it's time we got we said Muse is is good again. You know, like I feel like they. <laughs> They got like a real corny reputation. Obviously, they got super popular, and I, I think it, what happened with them was kind of like people did the stupid thing. Even me, like, oh, they're too popular now. Um, but yeah, Muse, we're bringing Muse back. I think we're gonna we're gonna, right. we're gonna look into it very strongly, folks. And, I don't uh, Biden. <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden's bringing it back. <laughs> Actually, I feel like Joe Biden might like Muse because, like, maybe one of his sons did, and he was like, "Oh, this is okay, actually." I can see, I can see Hunter rocking out to mm-hmm. a Muse. Yeah, no, I do Check remember the laptop. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do really remember liking one of those Muse albums in college. I could not tell you what one though. Yeah, probably, probably Origin of Symmetry, maybe, or I don't know. That sounds vaguely right. Again. I, I don't remember a lot from, you know, probably the one year where I liked it. <laughs> well, I saw them on Conan once. That's my only experience. <laughs> and then they were in the bar watching with you later yeah, on. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they found $20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, speaking of podcasts and Conan, I, I recently just tried starting to listen to his podcast. And mm-hmm. I, just can't, I can't do it. I don't know why. <laughs> Something, something I don't like about it. And I, I used to love, um, you know, be the biggest Conan guy in the world, but I just don't really think I don't really like his podcast. Uh, what is his podcast? I've never listened to it. I would say he just uh, has a celebrity on, and then we'll just chat. Really, um, I would say the guest is really important to that podcast. Yeah, um, like the Dana Carvey one is just them fucking around for an hour, and it's awesome. Oh, that but sounds fun. Then occasionally it's just like. I, I don't think these two people have anything to talk to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like really a big podcast obsessive type of person, you know, like I have a few that I listen to here and there, but like for the most part, I just never really, I guess I never had to commute anywhere since podcast yeah. became uh, a thing, you know, so kind of being the freelancer from home deal, you don't have to, for better yeah. or worse. So now that, I mean, I definitely listen to a ton when I would like take the subway into the city but um now that I work from home and I live alone it's like it's my only if they're it's my co-workers those are my friends because ah. I'll like, go crazy right 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 I just like have it out in the background I won't even be listening it's like my ambient office noise <laughs> so I don't like mm-hmm. go insane right now I think mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a nice one here yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, know. a lot. That's great. So this one doesn't stick in my brain very much right now, but between the bars, which we talked about Muse through most of, but I, I do. That's a very high ranking one for me. Yeah, that's really up there. I feel now. I feel terrible for what. <laughs> Washing over it with Muse jokes. <laughs> I mean, th- I think this is also why, uh, you know, and we're not going to get sued in theory. Like, this is no one's preferred method of listening to an album of us talking over it. Yeah, so. You cannot replace the original. <laughs> one, like, one of the only podcasts that I really like is the, uh, is the sort of, uh, are you talking to me oh, series? Yeah. Yes. Which, yes. you know, obviously there's a little bit of, that uh to this concept but like For sure. um you- the R- the rem one by far because rem is probably if i you know was really forced to choose it's probably my band of all time you know they've been with me my my whole yeah. life and i still still listen to them now and, and you know still feels you know fresh and exciting to me um but that one was my favorite the, the talking head heads one now is is pretty good too but i like never i was never like a big talking heads guy so it's not. Yeah, I the, I agree. I think the REM one was the best. Yeah, I feel like the REM one was the best. The one and a half episodes of the Red Hot Chili Peppers one was very funny because they <laughs> yeah, hated yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was dreading that. I was so bummed that I was going to have to listen to more of that. I'm so glad that's over. Yeah, that was good. I wonder if that was a planned bit or if they, they really just were like, this kind of sucks. Let's not do it. I feel I, like it wasn't planned. I feel I like, also I feel that, like yeah. it was genuine. <laughs> the fact that there were t-shirts already. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's they were just thinking one. the whole thing was going to be Californication, and then they remembered that it actually was shitty. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I never really dug into the Chili Peppers, like, deep catalog or anything. No. I know. I know. I mean, and I know, I obviously, there's, they probably have, like, ten songs that I enjoy, you know, but... Uh, I think they probably have like two, three hundred songs. So probably, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're one of those bands that in my head they just have been releasing music my whole life and been on the radio. Right. But I but I know, basically, I think I know uh, one song before Californication and then nothing after, and I just know that whole album. Hmm. No, I mean they're they're obviously a good and and you know talented musicians and everything. It's just was never my style. Yeah, I, yeah, but that, that that one album for me was just like peak middle school, so I feel like that one's huh. in my brain, but mm-hmm. nothing else. Sure. I mean, as a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you feel free. This is a tangenty question, but um, are you familiar with John Bryan at all? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I like not. I know he's like a super like. Uh, he was involved. I think he played on later Elliot Smith records or something, but I feel like he's the type of guy that's like played with every single Los Angeles musician type of guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I associate him with Elliot Smith, but I think it's really just, that's the only reason is like, I think they probably showed up at the same shows and then did. But I believe he might've played on the next record. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I believe. Yeah. 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 He actually did. Uh, Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I never really listened to his um, even know if he has solo stuff I assume he does but um, I just know him as like this super session you know producer guy um, uh, he has one solo oh, he album did film scores too so he did yep. um, yeah Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and 
And, uh, he did a lot of uh, Largo shows where he would invite people over. And like, I know Elliot did a bunch of those. Um, and his concerts are just incredible because he's this this musical savant where people like shout out a song and he'll start playing it with loop pedals. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's to be honest, that's the, the first thing that jumped to my mind when you said John Bryan was like musicians, musician, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should look into his stuff. The, yeah, his one solo is not dissimilar from this tone, mm-hmm. but it, it is a different thing. I mean, I don't know who I would say right. is in this league. Hmm. I don't know who that is, but now I'm curious too. <laughs> You've definitely heard soundtracks he's done, um, okay. but his concert that I went to when he was in Brooklyn once was is easily the best show I've been to. Hmm. Cool. Who knew? All right, let's see. Where are we on the album? Let me... We are track seven, Rose Parade. Oh, this one is like the way, I mean, it sounds so kind of cliche to say, but it just like really paints a picture of the scene here with like these really simplistic lyrics, you know, it's not like he's going too into depth on anything, but it's like, I don't know, this one has already, this one has always been super evocative for me of, you know, he literally was at this parade and he's writing about it and I, like, I was I was there too <laughs> me getting into Elliot Smith coincided with me adopting my dad's shitty old acoustic guitar and so <clears> as soon as I hear one of these riffs where it's like oh yeah I listened to this 400 times trying to figure this out right well that's the thing like I used to always try to play them but like I'm not good enough to like say <laughs> Like not only I mean not only am I not good enough to like play them, you know, flawlessly. I, I'm not even good enough to like be able to pretend to play these. <laughs> like some of them, I can like uh, maybe say yes in 2:45 or something. Some of them are super simple, but and then like later on, he gets into all these really interesting, complicated chords and tunings and things. And then I had to just give up. I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna ever be able to play these songs." <laughs> I'm just gonna it's, go back. I'm just gonna go back to you know playing my stained cover. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because like I I, I was kind of talking to a friend about this the other day um, in regards to Counting Crows because I really love Counting Crows, but um, I'm like a big lyrics person. I I mean like I don't know how to play an instrument really at all, and so it's like. But I feel like you either if you're a huge music fan, like I feel like there's like the two camps of people who are really into the lyrics, or the people who are like, let me sit down. I want to like dissect this and figure out how to play this right. and so it's like for me with these songs i'm like i like i have genius open i'm like let me read every word like i want to like go in on like what all the lyrics are and that's where i like sink into songs i just think it's an interesting division into like the way people digest music for sure i i like I, i've always been kind of a lyric guy um but I'll also like save it for later like i'll listen yeah, to yeah. Song, like so many like a hundred times too. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, and then I'll remember, like, oh yeah, I can look up the lyrics. <laughs> like I just did that with, um, I just for some reason, like, out of nowhere, I just decided to start listening to uh, Albert Hammond Jr.'s like solo stuff from the Strokes. And I'm like a huge Strokes guy, and I just never paid attention to his solo records because yeah. you, I guess you know you kind of think like when a band sort of breaks up, you listen to the singer solo record and you figure the right. guitarist isn't going to be as good. I mean, right. <laughs> but man, I'm so into it now. Like he is so good, and huh. uh, 
I've been listening to this uh, this one song of his. Uh, oh no, I can't even remember the name because I didn't look up the lyrics. But I just <laughs> realized that I, I I I have that to look forward to, and I just got excited. <laughs> it, but it's so good. It kind of it sounds like like almost like '60s psych folk vocals, but like over the oh. stroke over the Strokes guitar lines. You know, so you're like, oh yeah, that's the guitars from the Strokes. And then, but his dad was like this really good, like sort of folky musician. Huh. Um, and if you never listen to his Albert, Han- Albert Hammond's uh, music, it's really good. You probably know uh, "Never Rains in Southern California." That was yeah. like his big hit. But like that whole the whole album that that one's on is like so good. I can't wait to listen to that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've been doing, like speaking of, and this is super nerdy. Um, I like came across two playlists and I'm trying to find find them now, but one was like, it's just like all the songs that Elliot Smith covered. Um, oh, wow. That's awesome. And But like not his covers, like the, the originals. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then there was another one, somebody who knew him um, posted a link to a playlist of like songs he would just play around the house and something. Oh, and wow. I'm like, and it, like I'm, I don't usually do that type of shit with, like I don't, become that nerdy about musicians that I like but for some reason with Elliot I do I mean I guess part of it has to do with him dying young you know that's certainly adds another another layer you know mythology sadly you know yeah I mean definitely and it's also like in like a even more I mean not that anyone dying young is not tragic but in an even more <laughs> weird and tragic way than I think some other people who died young so I do yeah. that lore around him that like I mean yeah I don't know it definitely draws people in which is like right. whatever fucking murder podcasts are the most popular shit in the world like we yeah like right. people love death um yeah I mean I feel like I used to be a huge nerd about musicians and bands and like know every single fact and now I'm just like uh, old and don't but I do still like when I really do love an album still I do still like for me there's no better okay no well I live in New York so I didn't have a car for a long time but I do have a car now my favorite way to listen to an album is driving but then like otherwise it's like with headphones on so I can like really like listen to it and absorb yeah, download it. it into your brain yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> um, but that is like something I will still do if I'm like really loving an album or like very excited about like an artist coming out with like a new album or something but mm-hmm. yeah like I don't know shit about like anyone's like drama or like gossip around them or anything in my life now but it's no. like that was something I definitely did as a teen I like knew all of it like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything now I'm just like I, I assume they're my age are they married with children that sounds <laughs> right <laughs> I all the space in my brain that I used to have for like music trivia and stuff now it's it's like taken up by like weird overlapping uh twitter beefs and who uh, mm-hmm. versus who and who who doesn't like who and, and and much more useful than than musical knowledge well and and now for work i um i work with like a lot of um hip-hop artists and that's just like not hmm. not and it's not my i have i have no background knowledge <laughs> so right, I'm, like, right, right. I'm like which which baby are we working with today? I don't, right, I don't, right. know, I don't know who this is. I feel of, it makes me feel a hundred because also they're all very young too. So I'm just right. like, not, 
I'm genuinely not the demographic. I could literally be their mother. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, lot of ba- a lot of babies out there now. It's a lot of babies out there. <laughs> right, let, me, let me hear this one a minute. Where, where are we this on? So good. Hold on a minute. Yeah, man, I love the I love the guitars on this one. Yeah, I remember from Elliot Smith. I started listening to Nick Drake. I remember having that. Oh one. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like I remember. I did. I I, I found out about him in the in the non cool way that everyone else uh, around my age did. He was in like a like car commercial. commercial. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wait, but and wasn't he, was just, he also on the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack or something? Oh, you yeah, might that's have. How I found out about him. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> definitely how I. It's definitely Wes Anderson for me. <laughs> uh, related to like the playlists and stuff, a quick piece of trivia that stuck in my brain is at the beginning of Tenenbaums, it's uh, Hey Jude plays through like all the exposition at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And originally, Wes asked Elliot to do a cover of Hey Jude for that. Oh wow. And he said, like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he did do um, a cover of Because, that Beatles song. And that was oh, like, yeah. And that one is so beautiful. It's just, like, all him doing multi-tracked harmonies. Yeah. Himself. That was in a movie, too. He was kind of had a big movie moment from the 90s. Yeah. The 90s. Big time for Elliot Smith, the late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Big time for me too. It's all down there. <laughs> the Thermals did a really good cover of uh, the Big Nothing. I think it is. Oh, did they? Yeah. I like to listen to. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll go on YouTube and just put an Elliot Smith cover and, and see yeah. what happens. <clears throat> it's uh, either really hit or miss when you do that with like a artist you like, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've seen people cover him live. I'm trying to, like, place any of it, though. I feel like I've seen Kevin Devine cover Elliot Smith several times, but I'm trying to think beyond that. I don't know. I feel like it happens every once in a while. There was this really great um, covers record. Uh, who was it? It was the Abbott Brothers, and mm. uh, uh, who I never really listened to. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Abbott brother Seth Abbott and Jessica Lee Mayfield sing Elliot Smith, and it's just really gorgeous. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, they do great. They just do really great covers. A lot yeah, of the covers work, work great with like a woman's voice, and huh. she, she does such like a really pretty job with some of them. That's cool. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I this is probably not correct, but I just assume the Abbott brothers sound like Mumford and Sons, but I don't think that's true, and I don't know the difference. I actually don't know. Yeah, I never really listened to them, and, which is no, stupid, I because I mean, I'm sure I did, because after I listened to that, I used to listen to that covers record they did a lot, and then I probably checked them out, but I forgot to uh, pay attention. I forgot to, like, save that file in my brain, you know? I yeah, kind of yes. I feel like you could turn the bluegrass dial up on Elliot, and it would sound pretty good still. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, they put in maybe a little, little more banjo. Yeah. This song, maybe, maybe not this one. <laughs> sure, this one though. Like this one is like very. I don't super know this one, but this one is very much standing out for me on this album. Like this is much more of like a rock song than the rest yeah. of the album. Let me it's hear where we're. Let me hear where we're at for a second.
Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. 245? Is this the one? Say that again? What? What's this one? <laughs> Keep no, it straight. Keep it straight. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, this is kind of more of a rocker. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear it for a second. Um, this it is so interesting to me that like this album is so short, but it uh, I, I don't know. Some albums are so long, and it feel like it doesn't feel like we're what like twenty seven minutes in. It somehow feels longer and bigger than that, but not in a way where yeah. it's like oh, it's dragging or something like that. Yeah, and the songs themselves aren't even that short. They're like three and a half minutes yeah. long for the most part, you know, or three minutes. Um, I don't even know how long. I, are albums long now? I, I don't even really know. I can't. I couldn't say definitively or not. The only reason I have any POV on it is just from doing this podcast, and some are too long. What we did. I think one, the consensus okay. is that they actually. Now that I think of it, I think the the idea is that they have gone a lot longer. Like they, some of the you know classic rock records that everyone knows and everything were only like thirty five minutes or something. Right. That's ideal. I, who has more time than that? First of all, <laughs> right. I'm gonna be asleep halfway through this album. Like we did one, <laughs> I forget what album it was we did recently, but it was like over an hour long. It was like eight. It was from nineteen seventy five. Oh my god, it was so long. We were skipping songs <laughs> so the, much. The nineteen seventy five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ian. That's, that's a band. Oh, he loves them. Yeah. See, that's a band. <laughs> that's a band. I don't have any idea what they sound like, but like I know Ian keeps trying to make this case that they're like emo in a way and uh or at least like there's he elements made a, he made a case about it for an hour on this podcast he asked what deftones album you were gonna do oh i thought about that i'm actually <laughs> wearing my brand new deftones hoodie as we speak <laughs> i'm uh I become pretty obsessed. I think part of the reason why maybe I've become so obsessed with Elliot Smith and also the Deftones uh, in the past few years is because, like, I had all of this um, carried over Morrissey baggage inside of me that I needed to dis- uh, I needed to like displace in a way. Right. And like, I, I've ultimately decided that I'm still I still listen to him, and I you know I just try right. to do the se- separate the. You know, art from the artist thing. I mean, um, do I do I listen to Morrissey and Brand New on private mode? Yes, but yeah, like, right. it's fine. Um, I don't I don't listen to Brand New as much as actually, anywhere I, near as much as I used to. But I like every same. now and again, I want to I put on you know Devil and God uh, yeah. and and you know that's a that's a fucking tough one, man. I know. I, I pretty much only I, listen I, to Woody Allen's uh, band. Yeah, Woody Allen's band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not great. But wait, were you were you into Deftones growing up, or was that like a late wave fandom that happened? <laughs> no, I, well, I was into them. Like I liked them, but I didn't become like obsessive about it until it. probably like you know my thirties. You know, that's funny. Um, but like I like you know I like even though they're not new metal I actually listen to that stuff still now or I started again and I've got like a great like new metal playlist that I that I love and like I've gotten to this point where I just like I don't really anything that wasn't that was supposed to be like kind of corny or whatever when I was younger like it doesn't matter I'm like finding the the uh, you know the the re- there's a reason why that shit was popular you know it wasn't right. yeah. 
All I, I listened to in eighth grade was new metal. I get it. <laughs> sure. And like I joked about Stained earlier, but I do actually like listen to Stained sometimes. Like they have some bangers, man. I'm not going to lie. Stained, I don't know that I was ever into. I definitely was into Deftones. Uh, I loved Korn. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what other. Oh, I saw Godsmack once at a Six Flags. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, a lot of Massachusetts energy there. <laughs> I did not know they were from Massachusetts, but now that you said that, that actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> One time I went and reported a story on, for Vice years ago about when the mayor declared it an official Godsmack Day in Boston. I forget what day of the month, year what? it is. Yeah. The big what? deal. <laughs> big deal around here. Like, and stained, like stained is Massachusetts too. I feel like they're stained. From, where is stained from? I feel like I know this somewhere in my brain, and I hate it. Pretty sure it's Springfield or, or oh, a okay. city. That was what I thought. All right. They're from like Boston. a. They're from like a, you know, one of the, the lesser uh, Massachusetts cities. You know, what's maybe the it's, maybe Lawrence? What's the know. like bigger pop punk band that's from Worcester? Um, uh, four years strong. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> oh, no, I like them too. Um, we didn't, we barely even talked about emo. I mean, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Elliot Smith isn't really emo, obviously, but it's like you know, for some reason, uh, everyone emo just loves it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's obviously yeah. it's very melancholy and and uh, oh, this, now here we go. Here's the last one. This I, I love, love this one. one. I love this one. So much. Like yeah. on the right day, if this one comes on, I will just cry. I will just right. cry. <laughs> like for sure. It's such a, like a hopeful after all this. Maybe that's why it's last because after yeah. all. These, and doesn't it end Goodwill Hunting too, or or not? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, Maybe I'm gonna watch Goodwill Hunting. You've never seen Goodwill Hunting? Nope. Oh man, we gotta do. We gotta do an episode where uh, we just watch that and, and comment <laughs> over. There you go. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually watched it a year or two ago, and it I mean, there's some there's some like stuff that doesn't hold up, but it, like for the most part, it's, it's I think it's it's worth watching, you know. I mean, it's not like I can go anywhere, so maybe I'll watch it later. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, and then like, well, I mean, y- you could very easily be the type of person who could have a drink or two and then watch a scene with Robin Williams in an Elliot Smith song playing over it and uh, find all sorts of stuff to, to cry about if you wanted to. <laughs> God, no, I forgot about Robin Williams being in it. That actually I might know. put me over the edge. Right. That would be very sad. Um, dang, that was that whole 30, 36 minute album. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, I do love it. So do you, I mean, this is your favorite, but do you like just listen to his whole catalog regularly? Do you like hone in on one album? How's your how's your modern day Elliot Smith listening? (laughs) This one would be the one most in in the self titled uh, before they came out before this, and then like the two after, I listened to a good amount, but. I don't tend to love is like those became like really produced, like you know he's like a huge huge Beatles guy and and. uh, and like a big star type of guy. And he, he kind of like went for more of that type of sound and they, and they're great songs, but like, I really kind of like the, the dark night of the soul type of shit, you know, that, that you hear on this one. I love it. Uh, Ramsey, how, how, how was it for you going back to this? 
I was secretly hoping you were about to say, how do you like them apples? Missed opportunity. I really enjoyed this. I think I'm definitely going to end up re-listening to a lot of Elliot Smith in the next few days. I vaguely remember that EXO was the one that I really liked. Yeah, that one's really good, too. Um, is that the one with the waltzes on it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that number was, two. That was my my big one. Um, yeah, this was really good, and I kind of forgot how good it was. Uh, this was a really nice trip back through this stuff. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for doing this, Luke. Yeah, thanks um, for having me, guys. This was fun. Great. So uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet if they want? Well, if you'd like to... Uh, subscribe to my newsletter it's uh it's called welcome to hell world and you can find it at luke.substack.com um and uh i got a new uh book coming out through or books uh, it's called lockdown in hell world and it's about uh you know the, the experience of uh, moving to the suburbs in april just as the you know lockdown happened and uh dealing with that and trying to still be a reporter while not really being able to go anywhere. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, make a a good present for, for someone in your life who you, you know, uh, want to make miserable. (laughs) Perfect. How about you, Ramsey? Uh, you can find me at Ramsey ESS on Twitter and everything shows up there. Uh, or you can follow me at Barack Obama. Uh, you can find me at Heather Shea, S-H-A-E, on all of the things on the internet. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, you can find our playlist on our website, and you can leave us a review on iTunes or however you do that. I honestly forget. <laughs> I'll show you. Ask me, guys. Great. Just ask Ramsey. Tweet at him. Don't tweet. <laughs> Just don't tweet at me. It's fine. Um, that's it, I think. Great. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, guys. Nice talking to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.